You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. Howdy. And if you hear some funny noises in the background, we've got uh, several dogs with us. We've got my nine-year-old, Bashir, and my three-year-old, Cisco, and my puppy, Bones. And Bones is the one who's going, (laughs) (laughs) they were playing. And then uh, Kate's Walter, Quill, and Gina are here, and Petra's Rio is doing the same panting. Oh, okay. He's panting, too. So any of the background noise, (laughs) it's not Petra, Kate, and I. It's the dogs. (laughs) We're going to talk Good about cover, though. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about dog training today, but let's take a minute for our sponsors and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, more to be exact. Your dog digs a hole under your fence, and the next thing you know, Protect your pets with Dig Defense, the amazing new product that keeps your pets in the yard. Dig Defense is safe, fast, and easy. Each unit is made from 4-gauge galvanized American steel and can be used for repairing digouts, filling gaps, or to hold fences down so pets can't get under them. Dig Defense provides peace of mind that your pets are contained humanely and safely. Visit digdefense.com today. D-I-G-D-E-F-E-N-C-E.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. In several of our podcasts previously, we've talked about training, of course. Here at Kindred Spirits Dog Training, that's what we're all about. But one subject that we've talked about before, and that is managing dog behavior rather than teaching the dog. And we see that a lot with a variety of different training tools. Here at Kindred Spirits, we tell our students that a training tool, no matter whether it's a leash, a collar of some kind, a head halter a no-pull harness, or even treats. A training tool should be a tool for helping you teach your dog the behaviors you want your dog to have. But it ideally, it shouldn't be used for the dog's lifetime. My three dogs, even the nine-month-old puppy, all work on a buckle collar. Now, that's not to say when my adolescent puppy gets farther into adolescence and challenges me, that might not change. <laughs> Because I've thought about it. Yeah, yeah. But he's not pushing too hard right now. 
So he's still on a buckle collar. But any training tool should be just that. It should be a training tool. It should be to help you. But unfortunately, we see a lot of things introduced that appear to be for the lifetime of the dog. That makes us a little uncomfortable. You know, you put training wheels on a bike to help a kid learn to balance. But how many times do you see an adult going down the street that still has training wheels on a bike? It's wrong. Mm. Yep. And that's what I feel like when I see an adult dog that still has a training device on them. And that's even the ones that I think work well and are effective. Yeah. Now, that's not to say if you want to teach your dog something new, you can't pull a tool back out. Or if your dog develops a bad habit. Or if you adopt an adult dog. The tools are not just for puppies. But say, for example, the trick training. I was just working with Bashir to teach him a new trick because I've been doing a lot of training with the puppy to keep that mind busy and keep him occupied. Well, I don't want the older boys to get jealous or harbor reservations against the puppy. So I bring one at a time. I'll bring him out in the garage or out front and I'll work with him. And I pull out the training treats and sometimes I'll pull out a leash, although Bashir doesn't have a leash on much at all anymore. I can use the leash, I mean other than walks, and bring out those training tools and help them learn. For a new concept. For, for something new, right. But bringing out the training tools for something new or to work on a behavior problem doesn't mean they should have them on all the time. Too many people stop at the management. Yes. I guess that's what bugs me is that, okay, I've got this under control. I've got it under control, not I've taught my dog to have self-control. Right. Right. Yeah, big difference. Yeah, I guess that's the key for me. Yeah. And to me, that's underselling dogs. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's almost devaluating, devaluing, I'm not sure the right word I have here, of the individual dog. Yeah. If I said Bashir had to be on a training collar all his life, that's not fair to Bashir. Bashir's a smart dog. He wants to be a good boy. He's had a lot of training. There's absolutely no reason why he can't be on a comfortable buckle collar because he has the ability to control his own actions and choose as to whether to work with me or not. And when he does work with me, he gets verbal praise. I mean, it's like, yeah, thank you very much. Good boy. But again, praise is a training tool too. So that doesn't have, we don't walk a mile and a half, two miles every morning with me constantly going, good boy, good boy, good boy, good boy, good boy, good boy. We enjoy the peace and quiet first thing in the morning. Listen to the birds sing. Now, if another dog goes by, I have them sit and pay attention to me, then of course they get praised. So with the asterisk, that you know, a dog that is learning something new, or I'll, what I call damaged dogs. Mm-hmm. My own Jean is a damaged dog. Whatever happened to her in her youth has scarred her. So she will always need a leash in public, not just for leash laws, but because I want to keep an extra. She doesn't have that ability to have the self-control where I would completely trust her. But with a few asterisks, there's way too many dogs out there, but I don't think all of them are asterisks that are still dragging their owners down the street, even with a management device rather than a training tool on them. And some of these, quotation marks, training tools, can actually be harmful, even though they're often promoted as the kinder, gentler way to make sure your dog doesn't drag you down the street. You know, and I haven't really seen that work yet. Mm. You know, 
I mean, these That's nice... one of Pedro's favorite lines. Yeah, how's that working for you? <laughs> you know, you, and there's so many non-pole harnesses out there, every shape, form, size, and we've seen them all. And we've always seen them drag their owners in. Yeah, that's the first thing I ask. And even when it works. So today I went on a 16-month lab Chesapeake mix. Private training. Private training. Then they'd only own the dog for a week. And I said, okay, let's go for a little bit of a walk. Well, she brought out a no-pull harness. And I kind of bit my lip and waited to see. I had already been working with the dog for close to an hour. Been in the house with him. Then she puts the harness on and he gets all excited because he knows he's going to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. And we start walking and I asked her to stop and watch the dog as I walked him with the harness and then without the harness just on his buckle collar. And I said, all I want you to do is look at his shoulder movement. Well, this woman runs. She's a runner, Mm -hmm. dedicated runner. And she immediately picked up on the difference in the dog's gait. Good. I said, so how would you like to do your running... Then I made it funny. With your running shorts pulled down to your knees. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> and she stopped. She grinned. But she stopped and thought about it. And that's what this harness was doing to her dog's front legs. It was as though he had shorts around his legs. He could not get a full stride. They work by putting a strap either in front of the top of the front legs, across the biceps, or across the front of the shoulder joints. And the concept is the dog is not damaging his neck by pulling on a collar, but yet he is potentially damaging his legs and his shoulders. We have had... Or some of them I've seen a few people have mentioned behind the front leg. Oh, the cord around the... the, Yeah, and and rubbing it raw or till a bruise where it took months to heal. Right. We have had... A number of local veterinarians come through our classes with their personal dogs. And I always bend their ear and ask questions. And and sometimes ask them to provide input in the class if if they're comfortable doing that. Some of them want to just be anonymous (laughs) and blend in. But uh, sometimes I, I get them to give some input. But not one of the veterinarians that has come through training or veterinarians that I've interviewed for articles or books that I'm working on, not one has liked the no-pull harnesses. That tells me a whole lot about mm-hmm. the no-pull harnesses. And uh, so I put no-pull harness into Google or one of the searches, and I just pulled up three. Well, one of them was actually created by a veterinarian. Okay. And that's its big thing. Veterinarian designed... And frankly, it looks like this dog is about ready to be um, put in a sling to go rock climbing. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. This note on it, yeah. it's, it goes around the throat area, but then it goes around to the back legs and under the tail. And uh, and I'm thinking if it's a boy dog, that's got to be uncomfortable where it rides in the front. Now, what if you have a dog who has pain in the hip area? Or like the one lab we had in class, severe hip dysplasia. I cannot see that being whatsoever comfortable. Even a healthy dog, it doesn't look particularly no, comfortable. No, definitely not. This harness creates a sensation around the back legs designed to divert your dog's attention from his desire to pull. Yeah, turn around and try to bite that thing off the foot. Yeah, I would be certainly distracted if I was wearing this kind of... It, it, I won't call it by name because I'm going to call it... It looks like an S&M device. I just not, I can't see this dog being happy wearing this. 
Yeah, anyway. So it's still not teaching, even if it stops your dog from pulling. Right. It's not, not teaching. teaching the dog. Because as soon control. as that contraption is off. As soon as that is no longer diverting his attention. Yeah. And what if you don't have time to put the contraption on? And you got to put a leash and a collar on real quick on the dog. And then what? He's a maniac. He's, he doesn't know what he's supposed to do. What? The idea training? that a dog can learn self-control should not be an amazing concept. Yeah. How many of our students have graduated and then they come back to our continuing education class or something? And they'll say, oh, somebody stopped me on the street. And you know what? They were they were so surprised my dog was walking nicely. We hear that a lot. And our students, they a know lot, yeah. all the other stuff they have taught their dog. And it baffles them that people go, wow, your dog respects the leash. Like, that's a miracle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That should be just one part mm-hmm. of training. But that's the one that makes the most impression out there in the public. Wow, a dog walks nicely. Where do we have? Where do we get this idea? And one side of the social of our society, we have the idea that dogs are all dumb creatures. That if they're small enough to be carried, then they still don't need training, even if they bite people. (laughs) Or they're just big ones, and you wrap them in contraptions. Uh, What happened to Lassie and Ren Tin Tin? Uh, littlest hobo for Pete's sake. What happened to the idea of a dog who Me. could think for himself? Because you and I grew up, Lassie and Rin Tin Tin were a little bit before our time, but we saw the reruns. Yeah. This generation had Marley and me. Marmaduke. And Marmaduke. Hey, Marmaduke's smarter than some of the people we see. Yeah, seen. but he yeah, drags his owner on. behind no, him on a true. kite. That's true. And Marley and me was untrainable, and... I got a quarter of the way through the book. I couldn't stand it. It drove me nuts. What we see in the media now is rowdy dogs, purse pets. We don't see many of the heroic dogs in the and movies. And so many of the dog shows are dogs being bad having to be fixed. Yes, yes. That's true. Yes. There was that one show I loved where the trainer would come in and help the owners mm-hmm. teach the dog some extraordinary trick or skill. Right. I love that show. It didn't, it didn't last. last. It yeah. didn't last. It didn't last. There were the fraternity guys that had a dog in the house. They taught the dog to pick up the plates at the end of the dinner. How cool is that? put it in the sink. Isn't that... that yeah. How wonderful. Uh, yep. But that didn't catch on. Yeah. And even the all-star dogs, the one where the dogs were compete, dogs and owners were competing, yeah. that yeah. didn't last very long. Now, that show was a little flawed, but that's okay. Nothing's perfect. It was fun, and it was showing some awesome things, some awesome challenges for the dogs and owners. But that didn't last either. That's right. And frankly, even on that show, there was some... A couple of the owners got flack for actually having trained their dogs and daring to tell them no. Yes. A couple of the celebrity guest trainers, I hate to use that word, but yeah, they gave him flack. For being cruel to his dog. And as far as I could see, all he had done was go, ah, uh-uh, don't do that. We all need limits. <laughs> I mean, there's road signs. There's stoplights. I like rules to, dr- to I drive. I like to drive fast. Yeah, we know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to drive fast. I've got high-powered vehicles. I have a right foot that works really good. <laughs> yeah, it's a little heavy. But, you know, but if, if I abuse it, I'm going to get tickets. I'm going to get in trouble. There are rules for our behavior. There's rules at work. I mean, that's life. Yeah. You, your kids, we all grew up with rules. Right. I and, don't know why frankly, I think dogs if, if you don't, If you don't want dogs to have the same kind of rules that humans do, 
Well, dogs should be free. There is still the law of gravity. Yeah. <laughs> there are some natural laws out there that cannot be worked around. <laughs> and for a dog's life, you know, there's a lot of natural laws. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, anyway. Um, so, you know, get yourself to a training class. Or Let's take a break for our sponsors. We'll okay. get right back and we'll continue. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Dog Shelter Blues, the new novel by Mark Conkling. This hard-hitting story lights up the world of animal rescue with engaging characters and their pets. Struggling with their own internal demons as they attempt to rescue innocent creatures that sometimes bring a mysterious transforming power to broken lives. Read the first chapter of Dog Shelter Blues free at dogshelterblues.com. Then come along a breathtaking journey that ends with an astonishing triumph of good over evil. Order your copy of Dog Shelter Blues today. Available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get six dollars off your order of sixty dollars or more, and up to forty percent off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of forty nine dollars or more. Six dollars off, up to forty percent off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Are you crazy about cats? If so, check out The World is Your Litter Box, Deluxe Edition. This clever how-to manual for cats, written by a cat named Quasi, contains more laughs than should be allowable in one book, and is poignantly underscored by the combative yet loving relationship between Quasi and his human. The World is Your Litter Box, Deluxe Edition, is guaranteed to have you laughing your tail off. So, treat yourself to a copy today. Available from Amazon. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. So you can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. So we've given you all our impressions on how training tools are used as management tools rather than as training tools and some of our dislike of what's popular. So let's talk about how to choose the right training tool or tools for your dog because we do use tools we do use tools we use them to help teach the dog 
but not as a lifelong management tool. When I first started doing individual private sessions, I remember going to an appointment and all of a sudden I kind of panicked because I thought, oh my gosh, I cleaned out my trunk. I don't have my, my different collars. I don't have my treat bag, blah, 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 blah. And I stopped, slapped myself metaphorically and said, okay, you're being hired for your knowledge. Right. You carry that with you. Yes. And we had a wonderful training, you know, even on a buckle collar and leash. Those are still tools. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they had some kind of thing we could use as a treat there. And, you know, yeah. it, it, it was skill. It was teaching them a skill. So there are different kinds of training tools. And some of them are worth learning how to use properly. And then learn to use them. Teach your dog what you need to teach them. And then fade it away. Right. When we talk to our group classes, the first training tool that I always talk about is the voice. Because that is a tool you will have, unless you have bad laryngitis or for disease or an accident, you've lost your voice, you will always have it. And so it's something that you can use to communicate with your dog. Our dogs were out running and playing, got a little overzealous, barking a little too much, and it was, ah, knock it off. Now, some trainers would consider that aversive and a punishment. To my dogs, it's communication. It's saying, you have gotten too excited. You have gotten overstimulated. I want you to stop that behavior. And that's essentially what all the training tools are about, is teaching your dog to pay attention to your primary tool, your voice. Right. Or your hand signals, whatever. Yeah. Everything else is just to teach him to listen to that. Mm-hmm. And I think what we always tell them, too, it's just training tool temporarily, depending on the age of the dog, personality of the dog, how much you work the dog and all that. Like I had the gentleman with the Aussie pup yesterday. He asked, he goes, so how long do I use a prong collar? Well, I can't say. Well, exactly um, 221 days and 35 seconds. So, you know, <laughs> I can't do that. So I had to explain to him, you know, the whole thing, like we always say, the personality, how much sure. are you going to work with him? And then, and then you don't just go from the collar I gave him to a buckle right away right. in one day. Can't do that, you know. So it all depends. I mean, I know I've had some dogs off training tools at a year old. Some not till they're, well, let's see, Logan, six. <laughs> you know? so, but yet his brother, yeah, Bashir. Yeah, real, real quick. Yeah. Now, you know. yeah. <laughs> there was a discussion on a Yahoo group for the National Association of Dog Obedience Instructors, NADOI, that's been going on for the last several days. And one of the overall comments that many of the trainers have made is that they think the best trainers have a toolbox of many tools. Exactly. That, and a common comment was, every dog and owner is different. Mm-hmm. And when they get called to help teach this dog and owner, they have to look at the overall picture, the big picture, mm-hmm. and exactly. find the right tool for them. And I really enjoyed that because that's what we've been saying here at Kindred Spirits all along. Yep. And there is no one training tool that's right for every dog, even food treats. Not every dog is not every dog is food motivated. Not no. every dog likes Swiss cheese. Not every dog likes commercial treats. We <laughs> mention that too in classes all the time. Yeah, yeah. as well. So that this afternoon, I had a call from a potential puppy school person with her ten week old, and the dog has already had surgery on its neck because of a congenital problem, so it can't have a collar on. May not be able to for several months. So we agreed that she would uh, bring the, the puppy in on a harness. Not a no-pull harness, just a harness. 
which is not my favorite training tool because it's not the easiest way to give a message. But in this case, it's what the dog needs. Right. And I mentioned that we might try a head halter. Again, not one of my favorites, but it's in my toolbox mm-hmm. if needed. Mm-hmm. Some dogs, it is absolutely the right one. Right. For this dog, it may be the only choices, harness or head halter. Right. And she said, oh, no, 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 the breeder said never use one of those. They can cause so many injuries. And I said, they can. Any tool can, depending on the fool that's using the tool. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) A regular buckle collar can be used to damage a dog. Yeah, any of them can. So I explained that whatever training tool that we suggested, we would try it here in class. We would try it first to see how the dog responded to it. If that was appropriate, then we would have the owner do it with our supervision as we taught them how to use the training tool. Properly. 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 So as not to create injury. Mm-hmm. So she was very happy and looking forward to coming to class. Yay! Good. Oh, and I love the fact that her breeder requires as part of the sales contract that each puppy go to at least two kinds of training classes. Good. So she's going. To, she's already planning on puppy, and then later on basic. Nice. But I was like thrilled. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Good. What a great idea. That's a good trainer, breeder. A breeder yeah. who believes in bonding between the owner and the dog, and the dog being taught the rules. Right. So we've talked about the idea of management and training. We've talked about that some of the popular tools can actually cause a problem. We've said that there's not one tool that's right for every dog. Which means, you know, and going back to that, because there's a few trainers we hear locally, not and who knows where else, that use one type of training device for all dogs, all breeds, all personalities. As as that's it. Yeah. And that's not right. So that's why I know when we I talk to a lot of people like we all do or just out in public say, we'll see. So what yeah. training tool is going to work for you guys? So let's talk about the other end of the spectrum, because we've said that these tools shouldn't be used for the dog's lifetime. So how does an owner know when to start weaning the dog off, and how is how is that process accomplished? I'll take a stab at it. So when you find that the tool, you're not having to use the tool right. to have the dog listen to what you're asking them to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you can start, hmm. So I tell people, let's, let's take the prong collar. It's, it would help true for a slip chain or whatever. You might put it on, but then attach the leash to the buckle. And then go through life for the next week or so. And see, are you missing having to use that tool? Or is your dog still listening to you? Great. So then the second week, you may take that training tool, put it in your back pocket when you go on a walk. So if things start to backslide... You've got it there. You can put it back on and said, okay, I took but it even, off too fast. But then even before you get that, like I was telling one of the students that you know there, is when you're ready or you feel like you're ready to go from, say, the prong to a martingale, mm-hmm. if you feel that you're not even really using the prong, you're just holding a leash and doing a lot of verbal, then may consider starting the transition slowly. That's another thing. You can step down in in the tools. Mm-hmm. What should I say? Message? Because mm-hmm. some I, people, I think, panic. Yeah. You know, if they go from one where, okay, they, they you know started using the tool you know, initially, and then less and less, more verbal control going on. And then it's almost like, okay, now let's start switching from the prong and put on the buckle. And they're like, Gah! It's like yeah. they panic, and all of a sudden the dog panics, and everyone's back to square one. Right. 
you know. Sometimes the owner Sometimes. needs weaning off as much. Yeah, like weaning like the owner. Um, exactly. So the prong can be an effective training tool. Can it's can be very safe. But so, and so one of the weaning processes for me is to turn it inside out. Yeah. So now you're making it into like a martingale. So now it's a martingale. Right. And if that's working fine, then mm-hmm. you can go to a cloth martingale. Mm-hmm. So you can step it down. Mm-hmm. As long and uh, you can do that same idea with different kinds of collars. Even the God, I hate the fact that they put choke chain on the sales tag. Yes. And sell it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here is a device designed to choke your dog. No. (laughs) And and I think that's why some people I've seen, again, on dog training forums, some people call the slip chain a strangulation collar. That's almost worse. uh, Well, I mean, it's just either one. Unfortunately, Uh choke, strangulation are the same thing when the collar is used incorrectly. Exactly. Yeah. And so a chainsaw can be used to trim a tree and make it healthy, or it can be used as Freddy Krueger and to kill people. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not the tool's fault. Yeah. yeah. The fool is the, the tool. tool. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's the loose nut on the wheel, yeah. as they say. Um, and it is one of the more difficult tools to, to use, use correctly. correctly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Simply yes. because mm-hmm. it is so simple. But that brings yeah. up a point, too. Every tool can be incorrectly used. Mm-hmm. You can use your voice. To intimidate a dog, yeah, you can use your voice to coochie coo a dog so badly that he stops listening to you. Mm-hmm. So there's both extremes of the voice can be misused. We see clickers misused constantly. Mm-hmm. Oh, we see petting misused. Sure. Oh how many, gosh, yeah. How many times have we had to tell somebody your dog doesn't like being petted that way? This is yeah. not a reward for them. <laughs> Don't bop him on the head. He hates it. <laughs> or if you keep petting him, won't be fur left. Yeah, he's that, ignored it now. <laughs> that very, very sweet lady that just draped her entire body over her dog. Oh, my God. And I was afraid her dog was going to bite her in the face. Oh, my God. And yeah. nice boxer mix, and she was like, nice Ooh, get her off of me. Yeah. yeah. yeah and when she, she started actually just saying good dog and giving her a few strokes, that was good. Yeah. By the end of the class, they were doing so much better. Yes. Uh, good. But anyway, chain collars can be misused. Prongs can be misused. Mm-hmm. No pull harnesses can be misused. Every single tool can be used correctly or incorrectly. So when you choose a tool, we've got to emphasize you have to know how to use it correctly. You know, the head halter is often promoted as a kind, easy, gentle, simple to use. But yet you talk to veterinarians, and there's a lot of wrench, wrench necks, necks that come with that. And there's a reason mm-hmm. that they... They, most of the good ones do come with a video, a DVD. Yes, right. Watch yeah. the DVD. Yes. So yeah. that you use the tool properly, and that will go a long way. Still not be, may or may not be the right tool for your dog, but know how to use it correctly. Right. If you go out and get it yourself without going to a trainer. Or just don't listen to your, you know, neighbor that's five houses down from you. Who's <laughs> used it one time and had a bad experience. And, or it's, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Go to some a professional and, yeah, get it or every yeah. dog should be on an electronic collar because it worked for my dog when I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Actually, I have to say, um, someone was, another trainer was telling me about a very effective use of the e-collar. Okay. He we had two collars to the same um, remote control. Okay. And he put one on the owner's thigh <gasps> and the other on the owner's dog. So the owner felt every what the time dog felt. he gave. So he had because he, in his view, the guy was being way too trigger happy. Ah, okay. <laughs> so he said, if you're going to use it, then at least you're going to get the same feel. 
Okay. And it made him much more judicious. Very good. <laughs> That's good. The same trainer at another time put the e-collar on a person's neck and had them use a slip chain on their dog. And if they did it wrong, he e-collared the person. Oh, that one's too much. That I, one's I, too much? Okay. I could see somebody calling the cops on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but at least the human but agreed to it. Yeah. It, that's funny. I the whole thing that they all right. agreed to it. It's like... Well, it's as bad as the YouTube video of the guys in the... The southern boys had too much to drink in the duck blind, and they were putting the e-collar on each other and shocking oh, each other just for fun. For and fun, then they yeah. took a YouTube video of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. again, there's the fools that use the tools. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> On that note, yeah. I think we'll call it quits. So, choose dog training tools wisely. Please feel free to talk to a professional. If what you're hearing doesn't sound comfortable to you, doesn't sound right for you and your dog, then get a second opinion. We get second opinions from physicians and veterinarians. It's absolutely fine to get a second opinion from a trainer also. Mm-hmm. And as Petra said, don't use a tool just because your neighbor used it or somebody else used it. Or just because you saw it on the internet. Always Um, consider the source, people. Yes, or on TV. Okay. Yeah. There are a variety of training tools out there. They can all be used well, but not every tool is right for every dog. And I think that's our biggest message. And it shouldn't be for the lifetime of a dog. All right? Know what you're using. Use it correctly. Use it only for as long as you need to. So I think we have, what, all our guys all on buckles. Yeah. And we're eight, we got ranges from what, are three? No. Both. Nine months. Nine months up to nine years, right, right now? Or, or Gina? 12, Ten? Twelve years. Twelve. Yeah. And they're so, all on buckles. Respect your dog's okay. intelligence. Mm-hmm. Respect his ability or her abilities to learn and teach. Yep. Exactly. Love and teach. Exactly. And that's it. We'll talk to you again. Bye-bye. Bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.